save. We will save that for that. All right, cool. All right, cool. Well, I'm ready. welcome to Making the Dough Show. I'm John Cohn. I'm Nate C. Murray. How you doing, Nate? It's Friday afternoon. Ah, living the dream, John. Just, <laughs> just doing great. Had a, a great week. We knocked out a lot of uh, work for our company. Mm-hmm. Uh, I knocked out a lot of IDW work. Made some great moves. Yeah. Um, really proud. Going to kick off a big Kickstarter next week for IDW. Excited to, to do it. We're talking about our own Kickstarters. No, life couldn't be better. Cool. Cool. Well, yeah, and we've just been playing some games. We're about to play some more. So we've, yeah. uh, we've had, a, had a lot of fun stuff going on this Yeah. Week. You just outfoxed me big time in oh. Council of Verona. Yeah, we played a round of Council of Verona just to kind of get back in the swing of things. And uh, you played a real, a real poison kind of... Uh, sneaky game, hoping to win by only scoring one point. Yeah, um, but I, I went for the I went for big swings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, but it was really good. It was very. We both said that it was like that Princess Bride sign. I know that you know. Yeah. And what's great is that the game works so well. It too. It was so fun to try and out clever you. It is. It, you know, that's the whole thing. Is is like we played so many take that games. Take that is super in my wheelhouse. Right. And this is a take that game without knowing that you've done a take that until yeah. the game's already over. And that's kind of yeah. like the coolest, kind of the most inventive right. thing about the game for me is like, all right, I'm gonna think that I'm gonna do a take that. Yeah. And now we're gonna see in in five minutes if that paid off. Yeah, it was almost, it's like playing poker blind and slow rolling your hand, you know? <laughs> yeah. And so we, we rolled the tokens very slowly and I was, you know, and you don't know what the other person has in their hand. So I, I made a very late play mm-hmm. to secure one agenda and then I protected that because I thought obviously you would poison and see that I was going for a five point play. And instead you did something totally different <laughs> and just royally defeated me. And it was, uh, it was so enthralling. So... Um, never try to poison a Montague when death is on the line. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that you'd been <laughs> spending the last year working a freaking uh, tolerance to Iocane powder, uh, but apparently you had. So that that was great. So so excited, and then I'm I'm so excited to see what you do with it. You now are going to bring it to your. Uh, more to your more serious group right right well because one thing that we've been talking about doing is haven't haven't gotten any invites to that group by the way oh well you know unfortunately we are we are a six-player group there are aside from mask of the red death do you not want to play mysterium oh yeah that sounds great i could i could bash king of the creepies while playing mysterium with you (laughs) you know what we've already done that before (laughs) That's some that's some lost archive referencing jokes, but yeah, uh, yeah. We, we did that at, at Kingdom Con. And, yeah, uh, it, it, that was pretty anyway, fun. Yeah, uh, but yeah. but yeah, no, our, our group is is a full six, so yeah. it's it's kind of tough no, cool. bringing in anybody. Yeah, they all show up every week and everything. They, yeah. Sometimes sometimes somebody doesn't yeah. show up, but it's oh, usually okay. Um, okay. Uh-huh. All right, all right, all right. No taken, no taken. I'm busy that day. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, but, uh, I, can't, but yeah, I can't make it. One thing that we're uh, going to try to do with, with Council of Verona is make our uh, Council of Creepies very... Right, right, our uh, creepified line. Yeah, our creepified version, and we wanted to give it an extra little something beyond just changing the art. We wanted right. to have it also um, have one little kind of mechanical change that, yeah. that kind of changes the nature of the game. And so we've been brainstorming that for a little bit. Um, but now I think it's time to really take it into my testing group and, yep. uh, and see if we can... Although it is caps at five players, maybe the creepies version caps at six players. Maybe well, that's have, a yeah. twist right there. As and, long uh, as you don't add more tokens. Yeah, yeah yep. Wait, note taken also. Yes. <laughs> We've had the uh, costing... The cheap guy. <laughs> John is the artist. Nate is the... Not artist in this, and as we've 
laid out. And yeah. uh, I want to make sure that the Creepies version uh, only adds cards. Right. I right. don't want adding tokens. In a corporate structure, is there such thing as a no man? I, I believe we have one in this room. <laughs> There's plenty of yes mans around here. You gotta yeah. have the no man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, look at who I studied on and <laughs> know how cheap that man is. That's my five years of experience. Oh boy, yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, we, because we, um, we are now looking at a potential launch date for our Kickstarter. Correct. At least we're hoping for, so don't, don't yeah. hold us to it, but right. we're hoping to do our Kickstarter somewhere around early December yes. for Council of Verona. Yeah, and I would have gone earlier but we have the potential of a uh business partner helping us out and that partner would require us going in december so we'll we'll uh, we'll talk more on that in a moment yeah but and then we can't do january because i will be running um something for my day job well, and so tough anyways that's enough well battle. january we're coming uh idw is coming hard with uh the Turtles relaunch, which is um, uh, Pete and Daniel. Mm -hmm. uh, guys, you're great. Um, they have remodified and configured, and I've now been sucked into that. Uh, Ross Thompson left IDW, mm -hmm. and there's a hole, and I'm, if nothing else, I am a guy with fingers that protects a dam. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, do people even know that story anymore? I don't know. Uh, rambling, but uh, IDW is going in January, so my focus will be there. So we need to go before that. Yeah. And I would love to go in November, but if we wait till December, we might have some marketing support that could be very vital for us. Right, right. So and we've got our art for all of our characters in. Mm -hmm. We've got our art direction for the box. Um, we haven't quite gotten our artist to start on the box art yet. No, she was waiting on direction. I'm going to send her... Um, the drawing I made for you it based is. off your... Uh, <laughs> John gave the note of what he... We were trying to figure out cover composition, which is always hard. And John gave the note, and then I uh, drew a lovely stick figure uh, version of it. And maybe we'll post that in show notes or on, on the page. Yeah, um, I think that's worth it. Why don't we go ahead and post that? Because yeah. I'll take a photo. And uh, this is... So, <laughs> so when you see this photo, understand... I literally send this type of reference to artists all the time. <laughs> Spencer Reeve, who took over for me as product manager of IDW Games, bought one of those little anatomical dolls that artists posed. Oh, like the mannequin posing. ones, yeah. Yeah, a little mannequin with severe articulation that are amazing. And he poses it exactly and sends the artist's front backside. I send stick figures with a heart drawn above them. So... <laughs> You know, and arrows for which way a character should be looking. It's always interesting peering behind the veil of how this stuff gets made. Yeah. And uh, we, we've got a new lesson today. We've, we've learned something new. At least I've learned something new on, uh, on, on how things develop. Yeah, I, I think it's all about how much control you want to have and how much... Um, like, I'm not an artist. And so I, I would rather give them the loosest note and have them give me pencils and say, Hey... I think we're missing the heart of it, but I trust my artists. We, we only, we hire, I mean, it's, it's freaking Jacqueline Davis. Like she's right. not like, she's in no means needs hyper instruction from Nate Murray, the guy who cannot draw anything better than what I'm showing you right now. Well, and I'm looking at it, actually, I do see the heart. Uh, the heart is right above uh, stick figure Romeo and stick figure Juliet. Correct. Heads, so correct. Yeah, I didn't, <laughs> there you go. Oh, that's, that's Juliet. Wonderful. Yeah, I just Wonderful. made that way worse to send to her. I uh, should, <laughs> should not have done that. Yeah, well, uh, you know, 
the good news is the second draft you can you can do it in about 15 yeah, seconds I'm, yeah so. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna i'm gonna do second i'm not gonna center that yeah maybe uh, you just make the legs into a, a triangle so there's a there's a dress i'll put like a i'll put the symbol over or whatever perfect oh the dress would have been a better move too yeah 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 um, yeah, yeah if, you're, if you're not able to see i'm pretty sure you'll be able to guess yeah what you know what, what i did <laughs> you know what i did i did it i did the dumb thing did the did the fifth grader joke on a stick figure? And you, and you had such a uh, mature statement last week uh, about about being being John, decent and all of these John, things. John, <laughs> there's there's high tides and low tides. Um, so yeah, so Verona is going uh, swimmingly. I mean, I, I couldn't. We are now really. I think excitement level went up a, a few notches today after that game. That yeah. was that was really fun. Um, you mentioned it, but. Player count is is everything, you know. Yeah, it is. If yeah, if we could find a way to turn it into a six-player game, and like we said, we don't want to mess with the core game. And there's already quite a few changes you have to make to the core game of Council of Verona to make it a five-player game. Mm-hmm. Um, based between like a two to four player, it's, mm-hmm. it's relatively unchanged. But that fifth player adds quite a bit of difference to the to how mm-hmm. it works. So making it something that is maybe planned out from the beginning to scale to six, maybe that's the way to go for creepies. Yeah, and uh, and just just go go all in on that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's good. But but how many games do you know that are really good from two to five? It's true. Yeah, you know, uh, it, it it always has that sweet spot, and you know, no matter how many player counts you have, it's always like, okay, well, it plays two to six, but how many people does it play best with? Right. You know, that's always the follow up question totally. or something. And and yeah, with some games, especially like you know, you're looking at party or party games. I think this could be falling into that party game slot if we made it a six player because it is a five minute game. This is, this is yeah, not was, a game that takes yeah. a long time to play. Right. Yeah. You know, you put it out, you set it out, you, you know what you're doing pretty much instantly. Once you've mm. seen the cards and you've seen the tokens, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, let's go. Let's just play it. And we'll yeah. It out. yeah. If I was giving notes for, for your version, I would... Um, more drafting. Like, instead of... Like, we, you know, the drafting was pretty much one path. I, I'm just a drafting addict. Yeah. So maybe more, you know, maybe you don't get to keep as many cards. You do more drafting. And then um, more spots for influence tokens would be great because I, I really want you to spread yourself thin and feel bad. Yeah. Uh, so so I, I think those would be some fun, uh, nasty things. And I think that's really kind of your dev niche yeah. is uh, well, yeah, make, you know, making things worse on people. Yeah. Well, you know, there's several cards where there are there is all every single card that has influence locations has three spots right. so mm-hmm. you know maybe you have one that only has like two spots yeah and then it's that. like all right well now i gotta play it tension first. It's, right it's, yeah. yeah that's cool so yeah so you can ratchet the tension that way which is great yeah um so yeah a lot of a lot of options so the creepified line again is based off john's king of creepies game uh which has some of the most amazing humor and puns and art that i've seen and i love it so and i really want us growing that universe like we talk a lot about intellectual property and i mm-hmm. think creepies could be a thing where we do trading cards we do um you know maybe comic but like anything it could right. go somewhere right. and so i'd really that's why we're focusing on and what's nice is if you back verona you're gonna get like an entire extra game yeah which is just what a what a great value yeah absolutely yeah, and, you know we advertisement there <laughs> And speaking of adding extra value to our games, uh-huh. uh, we've been having some updates on our production uh, and agreements for Pun Pong. Okay. Um, and we have been talking with Odd. Uh, yes. What's, what's his last Hack name? Welder. Hack Welder. That's actually his last name. I don't know if any of this is true. Right. I don't know if I'm getting catfished. 
<laughs> I've, I've met Odd in person, so that's not true. But it's still such an, an amazing thing. So, um, yeah, so Pun Pong, we'll get an update mm-hmm. today, tomorrow. Yeah, we'll be sending that we're out talking to backers. Yeah, quite soon. Um, but we're also looking at going in with Odd on one of his games and being able Correct. to kind of package them together. Yeah. Um, so we've got a couple of games that we're looking at, and mm-hmm. we're going to have a, a chat with him uh, hopefully pretty soon. Yeah, he's anxious to go, so, yeah, we'll, so we'll do that. We have to figure out the co-publishing rights and all right. that. Right. All the all the business minutiae. Yeah, but uh, it'll be really cool if we can be able to come to an agreement and find a game of his that we really like mm-hmm. to kind of pair Pun Pong with. Right. You know, it's, it's, like a, it's like a wine and cheese, right? Yeah. We've got Pun Pong and then the game that Odd brings in and we can kind of m- marry them together. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, was, that was good. I got a, a case of, randomly, I got a case of wine delivered to me last, uh, yesterday. Did you order it? No, it was one of those Nate deals. <laughs> what, what, what does that mean? <laughs> I, I trade a lot of favors, John. I trade a, <laughs> a lot of favors. So I treated the uh, games team to a bottle of wine at five and I went and bought some mozzarella and uh, some, some crackers and they had all that. So sorry, can you can you say the name of that cheese again? I believe it's pronounced mozzarella. Oh my God. Yeah, right? Oh my God. Yeah. Come on, man. Yeah. Mozzarella. Come on. Mozzarella. Look, look, I, you know, I, you always see when, when American people walk into a place and they want to order a croissant and they're like, hi, yes, could I please get one? Croissant. Yeah. I'm like, I'm sorry, yeah. man. I'm yeah. sorry. I, I, Just say no, croissant. You're no, okay. I no, don't see like a no. French person walk in and say, excuse me, could they please get one the hamburger and the, and the hot dog? No, no, I'm going full Alex Trebek on this. I'm committing to in. the bit. You're going all in. It's mozzarella. mozzarella. So I got them that and uh, we had a nice bottle of red wine and yeah. HR walked by and she said, are you guys drinking? And I said, uh, we're team building. Thank you. <laughs> She did not find that funny. She does not particularly find me funny. I also said we're team building HR lady, which probably committed to the bit too far. Yeah, maybe. But then you went home and had a nice big bowl of bolognese. Yeah, I did. I did. I did. (laughs) No, my lovely girlfriend came home last night and we had a... Oh, this is funny. I got got hustled, John. Oh. Uh, I got got hustled. How did that happen? So... I pride myself on being from Oakland and knowing street hustles and protecting Amanda from many of them and myself as well. Okay. I've also uh, spent some years as a serious poker player. I know all the hustles at a poker table. Right. I know when uh, I, I've pulled some great hustles, but I know, I know, I know the size of the coin, man. Okay. So there was a guy selling tamales outside of Ralph's last night. Uh-oh. I, mean, I, I think I've seen this guy. Yeah. Yeah, well, he's the tamale guy. Yeah. And so... Uh, you know, he goes, uh, I got a dozen tomorrow. I was like, I don't, I don't need a dozen. And uh, so he goes, okay, I got change, man, no problem. He's like, six for 18. And I go, okay. And I say, I hand him a 20. He goes, you know what, hand me a 10. And I go, uh, okay, cool. He's giving me a deal. John, I didn't get my 20 back. Instead, I got six more tamales. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I got got. Oh, my God. <laughs> I got God. got, John. That's, oh, Wow. That's yeah, a, that's a, a ooh, that's a pretty good one. That's yeah, yeah. No, he got me. And then you're standing there, and you're going, you're going. Mm. I argue with the guy. I just got a bunch of tamales. I got some in the fridge here. If you want one, um, do I argue with him about this, or do I just admit that I got got? And maybe he needs the thirty bucks more than me, and that's okay. And so I, I took the L. Okay. Took the L, but I'm admitting. I got got. All right, all right, man. I wish I could eat, eat some tamales. I'm on. I'm on this stupid diet right now. Oh, are you? You've been well, having I got, trouble. I know. I just got what's called. It's called gastroesophageal reflux disease. So, cool. Yeah. Right. It sounds yeah, fun. They mostly fun. call it GERD, 
which is I feel like would be a great name. Isn't for that a, a role playing system? Right, like that's GURPS. Uh, <laughs> but I, I feel like GURD is a name. He stepped on the joke. Oh. They know GURPS if they're listening to this. The yeah. eight people listening to this know GURPS and GURD. Excuse the difference me, we have, between we have way more listeners than eight at this okay. point. Hi, John's mom. <laughs> but uh, I will no longer say hi to my mom until she admit she admits to listening. My mom is never going to listen to this. Okay, but uh, yeah, no, I, I I'm taking I'm taking Prilosec, which you see on the oh, commercials all the time. Prilosec, yeah. OTC. Yeah, yeah. side the effects, next, man. Clearly. The next month, I cannot have tomato sauce. I cannot have anything spicy. I cannot have alcohol. I cannot have red meat. I cannot John, have citrus for the next month. For the next month, John, how are we going to deal with your Halloween party? Yeah, no, I'm going to be breaking this all is... the rules that day. Yeah, <laughs> thank God. Uh, <laughs> so if we haven't discussed it, John throws the best party of the year. Uh, which is a murder mystery party. Yeah. And uh, we go, everyone there goes hard into character. It is uh, just the best time. Amanda and I plan two months out. John sends it, John runs it very seriously, like a DM with an attitude. And uh, <laughs> it, it, like, like a sale going on Mondo, characters get picked. Like you send out to 30 people yeah. and I'll send back three minutes later, I want this character. And you're like, uh, he's gone. Yeah. No, <laughs> he gone. It happens fast. Yeah. But uh, yeah, because this is our fourth year doing it. Okay. Every year is themed. Yeah. Uh, the first year was an 80s prom. Okay. Which um, I didn't, I was not in for that one. No, I didn't know you did that. Uh, yet for that one the yep. second one was a like a 1920s Oscars after party which was amazing yeah, it was really it fun it was a blast there was a couple there that were fighting and so nasty to each other and I thought they were sign roles and then they left arm in arm hugging and smiling and I could not believe the level of acting I had seen that night <laughs> yeah they, they uh, you and Amanda and then those two always get like first picks yeah because you and Amanda go all in um, Hard. They, yeah. We had a. I, she was choking me in the middle of that party. Uh, wait, no, was that no? That was that, that, was, that, was, that was that party. Was that yeah, she was choking me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, yeah. It, it's that, and I, I did win best actor last year. Which you did. Was great. You did. You were the zombie last year. The, last year was a monster party where all the yeah. monsters got together yep. and had like a council, and then um, yeah. one of the monsters got killed. Yeah. So that's uh, great. Yeah, that one was yeah. really fun. You, yeah, you were. What was his name? Living, Living Dead or something. Yeah, like I was that. a zombie with a very huge ego. Which, yeah. to be fair, is a really easy play for me uh, and I was my point was to take control of the monster council and yeah. so I was I was basically politicking politicking my way through the crowd and you had a few you had a few quips that you you had come up with that were yes. really good yes yeah. I don't remember what they were but I remember no. you, you had them a couple times they were in your pocket they were loaded yeah I, I preloaded and I, I will uh, this year I uh, my props this year uh, I am not revealing what they are but they are gonna be outstanding so we'll do it we'll do a post wrap just halloween show for, yeah uh, probably for this this year is going to be um a haunted circus so this one's gonna be pretty neat i'm i'm gonna be right. a clown uh, excellent and I'm, I'm using art the clown from terrifier as my as sort of base model reference perfect because uh, he just uh, he's so creepy great so character good. design i i have lobbied for idw to go after that license really I told them go get it i yeah. said the terrifier could be the next guy to pop just from your recommendation and watching that trailer and going, that is a beautiful character design. It really is. And I am an exotic animal handler this okay. year. Yeah. And, so. then, uh, and then Amanda is going to be a, a tattooed person, a heavily tattooed tattooer. DJ Inc., I believe, yeah. is, is what, her, what her role is. Yeah. And then, uh, and then Delaney's going to be the, um, I think the lion tamer. Oh, fun! Yeah, so we've got yeah. a we've got a little mane that we're gonna put on our dog, and uh, oh, amazing! Yeah, and, and yeah. the dog will hate it, and it'll stay on for two minutes. But get one pick. Yep, exactly. 
Exactly. That's all you got to do. That's what it's going to end up being. There you go. But yeah, this is going to be our biggest year yet, so I'm, I'm real excited for this one. This is going to be a fun one. Yeah, it's going to be good. So that's sidetrack. Yeah, right. Um, so anyways, uh, back, back to games. Yeah, we, back to games. We, we're so, actually about to playtest a few more games right now. We are. We'll be playtesting uh, Picture It from yeah. Rocco. And I no longer say last names. So that's Privatera. There you go. John says them. Uh, and then uh, Creature Feature, a.k.a. the game to be named later, a.k.a. the game that blew our art budget, yep. uh, by Eric Slauson, who's the only person whose last name I feel comfortable saying. <laughs> uh, so we're going to play those uh, just after this recording, which is going to be great. Um, we're making decisions on very uninteresting things, like substrates that come in a box. Yeah. Do you go whiteboard and pen, or do you just go pencils, or do yeah. you go nothing and trust that people have pencil and paper? Right, right. Well, for I, I was playing around last night with Creature Feature. We put together, because obviously we don't have any art yet, so I just mm-hmm. mostly went on DeviantArt and looked up aliens, creative alien pictures. and That could lead to some... It was, it was good. It worked out. Honestly, it was mostly just xenomorphs from, from the alien movies. Okay, cool. Um, but in any case, I yeah, I tried to play uh, the game with a whiteboard and a dry erase marker, and it did not work well because the marker's just too damn thick. The yeah, too it makes thick. a lot of sense. This is a game where you need to be able to really sketch something with a lot of detail uh, because this is a game about details. This is a game about asking somebody, you know, oh, how many legs did he have? Oh, he had four legs. Well, how were the legs aligned, right? Oh, did he have spikes? Did he have ridges on his back? Yeah. Well, what did the ridges look like? Were they shark fin ridges? Were they oblong ridges? Right. You know, and, and those sorts of details are difficult to right. communicate when you have a, a really thick dry erase marker. It's much better when you've got either a ballpoint pen or, you know, a pencil. Yeah. And that's, see, this is how in-depth playtesting should be when you're testing a game. You need to think about even those things. Like we, we, we you know, week by week, you're going to hear the color versus black and white argument. Yep. Um, and, but it is now, you know, substrates. It's what should this feel like? It's how thick should this token be? It's how small should this card be? The, the amount of times I've talked about linen versus mat on touching something. Mm-hmm. Just how a player interacts with every element of your game, you honestly need to really think about because it will pull them out of the experience. And so it's so smart that you realize that those thick lines. And I haven't played yet with a pen. Right. We're going to do that right after this, but yeah. I believe you. And I, I just am like, oh, yeah, of course. Like, yeah. you need a pencil sketch. And in reality, the perfect thing is a pencil because, again, thematically, I want it to feel like a police sketch. And right. the ones we see in episodes of Castle, as we've discussed, is the, the official sponsor of the show, Castle. Uh, reruns to be found nowhere. I don't know. Uh, they're always pencil. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny because uh, you're talking about the debate back and forth. And now that I've printed it out and I've got a version here kind of leaning back over onto black and white I see and this is going to be the problem because again I will say over and over again mechanically black and white is the better choice it is you want players focused on exact lines it all makes so much sense and being able but to see the market, details yeah and seeing the details and not getting distracted and all of these things but the market perception of black and white is worse and so that's a problem and so I don't know how we tackle this yet. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. And and the we will have this argument over and over again. We will swing back and forth and you'll hear us. But I don't I don't know, John. I want I can promise you as a player you'll appreciate the black and white more. I can promise you as a consumer you'll pay me $10 more for the color or expect a $10 discount because I went black and white. Yeah. And that's that's the problem. So I, I yeah. But still a great game that should have just breakout success. Right. Um, 
Right. And, so, and yeah. today's, today's playtest has both color ones and black and white, so we can That's great. having yeah. some ideas I, there. I we love that. So maybe we'll have you like. load those when we, when we get with the boys. Um, so yeah, so that's it. So the game line's going great. We, we actually got in contact with a partner this week, mm-hmm. um, which is big. So we may be partnering with a larger studio who was very excited that we uh, brought them Council of Verona. And they've offered to do a lot of work for us, and it's not Golden Bell, by the way. Uh, don't sign Ooh, deal. Can I? I'll, I'll I'll just say, careful. Just be careful there. Read yeah. read that language. Um, it's exciting to sign a game. It's exciting to sign a project. Make sure you know what you're signing. Yeah. Um, no, so that's when I was first uh, pitching creepies around, and nobody was was interested at first. Not creepies. A, di- um, a different like cat dungeon, yeah. which ended up mm-hmm. becoming something else. But yeah, they were the only ones initially who were like, oh yeah, we'll sign it. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, just right off like that. And I came to you and I said, hey, have you heard of this company? And, and you warned me to be very careful there. And yeah. um, the game ended up becoming something else and it, yeah. and it found a good home. And so, yeah. Uh, yeah. but yeah, it, it was kind of a, a bullet dodge. It's, yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm not firing a shot by any means. They've, they have a Kickstarter Live now but on a book. I hope that everyone's being paid well. They launched one a few months ago on a game that did well, but I just know from contract reading what I want and don't want out of a deal. And what we found in this partner was a very flexible contract where we could, this, this person or studio would step up and co-publish with us. Should we so choose? Or they could do our back end. Should, should we so choose? So remember when you make a game, like the fun part is what we're going to do today, right? right? We're going to play tests. We're going to draw some stuff. We're going to laugh. Yeah. The terrible part is tracking a freighter from China to the U.S. Uh, and making sure that all those games get delivered and making sure that uh, if we use dry rice pens, they don't dry out and customers don't get mad. Right. All of these things are things I don't want us doing. And yep. so this partner, should we partner with them, uh, will take care of all that. And so that's an exciting possibility. So, so Bread and Circuses could take a big step up overnight. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. Yeah, so yeah, we'll, especially with a game that already has so much uh, renown as right. Castle of Verona. Right. Um, that that or, or you had a, um, I think you had a, a fun new name for that one, right? For Council of Verona, we bought a Wheaton. <laughs> there it is. Yeah, we bought a Will Wheaton. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm giving. I'm letting you get the. Get the bit back. Thank you. you know, last, Thank you. Uh, I appreciate that. You did step on a bit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for that. We bought a Wheaton. Uh, but actually, it's a good Wheaton. It's a good one. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. It's, and, and, and you will not be hearing a tag of following Will Wheaton on, uh, Will Wheaton on Twitter today. Uh, I, I remain neutral on him. Uh, I, uh, I mean, uh, to, to the eight people that care, Team Bo. How about that? <laughs> That's all I need to say about him. Uh, but, but yeah, we bought a Wheaton, uh, and it's good. So, so there you go. So that and that was why this studio was willing to work with us was because I reached out in a professional manner, presented myself with my background, mm-hmm. and was like, "No, I'm not the person who says I'm a retired astronomer, and my family says this game's fun." Right. Which he gets. He told me he gets four or five of those a day, and we had a good laugh about bad pitches. Um, well, that's a good thing. I was not the one to reach out to him. <laughs> <laughs> You've gotten so much better. You're getting a great response. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Don't be shy. I got, I got, I still got a ways to go. Eh, you're doing great. Wait till your game drops this month. Yeah. Yeah. If yeah. They, yeah. Well, if they freaking drop it, man. Yeah. They still don't have that BGG. 
No, I check. No, and uh, you know, I was just checking in with him, and he was saying that they're they're going to announce ASAP. But uh, you know, we're we're getting art in almost every day now. Mm-hmm. Getting art samples in. That Looks great. It's kind of, it's phenomenal. phenomenal. All of it phenomenal. Yeah. I could, this is the game I want, and there's a barrier to entry that, and I don't understand it. I, it will be such an experiment to watch mm-hmm. and and see. Uh, and see whether the out of nowhere thing works, and and you know what, and I and we'll support them obviously through our channels right. as much as possible, right? Um, and we'll talk with them and see what marketing partners they use, and if I can provide them with connections, I know everybody in the biz, I will do that. So yeah, yeah, I think I think you know the person as well. You guys, do you guys know each other? Uh, it's probably someone I met. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Playing vagities. Yeah, right. This is a really interesting conversation. Yeah. Well, John, any details? John, if you want to have an interesting conversation, Uh should we move on to our picks for the week? (sighs) Okay. All right. Well, let me let me go first because I know we're going to have a a lengthy discussion. Yes. Um, I I wanted to talk about Maniac on Netflix because it's incredible and I I love it. It's already on Netflix. It's on Netflix. The whole thing. It's so good. It's the Nick Cage. Oh, and Maniac with, Maniac, uh, with Jonah, Jonah Hill and Emma Stone, and uh, it's girl. all directed by Kerry Fukunaga. Unbelievably good. Can't recommend it enough. But it's directed by the True Detective guy. Yeah, every episode is directed by him. Oh, but that's not what. The... What did he steal from to make this? Oh, all of the '80s. Okay, but it's so okay. good. Okay, speaking of the '80s, though, what I want to talk about is the new album by Gunship. It's called Dark All Day. It just came out today. Okay, Gunship is okay. over you, the. You've sent me one video, and it was. Eye bleedingly amazing. Yeah. Uh, over the last couple of years, this band went from being like, oh, they're really cool, to like, I listen to this album, their first album, at least once a week. And nice. they are my, they become my favorite band. Um, okay. And so they, they debuted their second album today, came out, and it is so good. It is so crunchy. It is, it's so if you've okay. got, okay. Um, if you like Synthwave, which is a pretty niche, I'll admit, pretty niche uh, market for, for music. Yeah. Um, if, you, if you liked the movie Drive, Okay, uh-huh. then, yep. then this yep. Yep. band is for you okay. because they they have that aesthetic. And if you're you know if you're an '80s fan, if you're a nostalgia fan, if you're in your 30s, um, you're probably going to enjoy this band a whole heck of a lot. If you like yeah. neon, uh, you're gonna <laughs> like this. If you like driving your car at night in the rain, you're going to like this band a this whole heck of a lot. Great. Um, their their first album was amazing. They had a song that had an intro by John Carpenter. Oh my um, god! It's a post-apocalyptic song. It's called Technoir, and I really recommend that you watch the music video for that one too. It's claymation, and they are literally have hole in their chest, and they keep putting VHSs in their chest, and oh then turn god. into the character. So like. This oh, kind of, like uh, Chameleon Joe from Sega Genesis. Oh, man. Oh, Kid Chameleon. Kid Chameleon. Yeah, yeah, I love that game. Joe Chameleon. Kid Chameleon. It's all good. He put Joe. on helmets. Yeah. This one is you put in a VHS and suddenly you become Pinhead from Hellraiser. Oh, that's cool. Uh, yeah, really cool. So they, their new album came out, Dark All Day, and it's a lot of it, is, it's all very 80s. It's very synthy, mm-hmm. um, but also it's, it's so much crunchier this time around. They've got a bunch of songs that it feels like 80s synth pop had a baby with nine inch nails oh wow and it's just like pure bliss I I cannot stop listening to it if you want to listen to one song to get into it listen to the song Dark All Day okay or watch the video is that the the one you sent me the video to okay that was amazing it's an animated music video insane and they're in Santa Carla from uh, Lost Boys one thing I hate about Santa Carla 
Oh, the goddamn vampires. <laughs> Me doing impressions is now a thing for yeah, this podcast. Yeah, well, it's got the, the, the video is the Frog Brothers from that movie. Yep. Um, it's uh, Gordon Gecko uh, um, yeah. from Wall Street. No, 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 no. From, um, shit, I, I'm, I'm forgetting. You're using the wrong right name then. Gordon Gecko is. Wall it's it's uh, uh, George Clooney's character from Dust Till Dawn. Oh, the Gecko Brothers. Shit. Yeah. Oh, no. I think it is. I don't know. They are the Gecko Brothers. I don't remember what it is. But Gordon Gecko. In any case, it's him. It's Blade. And it's Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And the saxophone player. And Tim Capella. Um, And they're all fighting Kiefer Sutherland from yes. Lost Boys yes and it's just it's a bonkers music video it's like, amazing I cannot recommend it yeah, enough. It's, got, it's got Tim Capello playing sax uh, it's it's just such a good music video yeah. the whole album is great um, there's even a song called Drone Racing League which is just amazing nice. there's, a, there's nice. a song that's got Kat Von D in it uh, tattoo artist yeah, yeah. right he, tattoo artist now also has a, a beauty line and she also is, sings now she used to be married to Marilyn Manson so she's 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 been known in the industry. Okay, cool. Uh, cool, cool. But yeah, can, cannot recommend it enough. And, okay. and and listen to their first album too. Their first album, self-titled Gunship, is also fantastic. Okay, great. Yeah. All right. Yeah, you sent me that one song and I, I loved it. So I will check this out. It's not my normal style of music. Uh, I'm a hip-hop head. Mm-hmm. Been doing a lot of Mac Miller swimming lately. Yeah. And uh, we'll just leave it at that. But ah, what an album. All right. Uh, all right. Get into so it? yeah, well, let's get into it. So my pick this week... Is an argument with John, (laughs) which occasionally will happen. So, um, Better Call Saul is a a great show. It is. It is performing far beyond what it should have. Yeah. Uh, It should have been a show that I watched a season of and was like, I get it. Okay. He's a hacky guy and he solves a wacky case. They made a different choice of both uh, continuing Saul's life after, and this is all spoiler as hell, we're not going to stop. Right. Uh, they made a continuing choice of showing Saul's life after the, the events of Rahima and before. Mm-hmm. With all that said, many people, hipsters, uh, douchey people, are claiming uh, Better Call Saul is better than Breaking Bad. And I will tell you, for three seasons, I was on the fence. And this fourth season has uh, proved that no, it is absolutely not. Um, they have, the stakes have ratcheted so far back. Uh, the end of season three resulted in the biggest tension of the show, which was uh, uh, Saul versus brother. Um, ending in in his brother leading to uh, it, ending in Saul leading to his brother Chuck's suicide. Yeah, that has been addressed so little this season. Uh, it's been just brushed off, brushed off, and that tension is gone from the show. Howard, who was great in both being a heel and a face, if I was to use my terms correctly, uh, has been minimalized. And Howard was a great character. And instead, we're getting basic phoned-in episodes of uh, Jimmy selling cell phones, uh, Kim doing her thing, stressing out. We know she's going to go somewhere. We all—all all we care about now. The only—the only point that's left in Better Call Saul, unfortunately, is now when does Kim go to drive him to full what he becomes? That is the only thing left. And we saw there was a great open, which was the split screen scene where they yeah. you slowly see their routines fall out of whack. And I think that scene should be studied by anyone. And it's beautiful. Right. And there's but a great song. Vince, uh, yeah. They'll say something uh, stupid like I love you. Yeah. And, and Vince is wonderful at mind-blowing openings. But mm-hmm. that does not alone a season make. And this season has been dull. 
I'm, it's been dull. It's been basic. It's had no stakes. The only stakes we just saw was Jimmy's not getting to be a lawyer again for another year. So he's going to have to go dick around, which only gets them to season five and a half, which they want to meet the Breaking Bad episodes. That's their goal. So uh, it's been a waste of time. And it is not as good as Breaking Bad. And John says there's two scenes in particular that are better than anything. And also has a defense. So I have... The prosecutor rests. All right. All right. Now I'm going to pick it up. Okay. So first and foremost, this is a show that is about Jimmy McGill becoming Saul Goodman. Correct. Um, Up until the end of season three, we had the story of Jimmy McGill trying to be Chuck McGill. Mm -hmm. Um, It was him idolizing his brother and then becoming so disillusioned and, and crushed by his relationship with his brother and then, and then basically leading him, yes, to his uh, own suicide. Yeah. And this season has been so focused on Jimmy not dealing. And that, I think, was very intentional that they have moved away from uh, him talking about Chuck at all. Right. And this last episode, the penultimate episode of the season, finally did address it. And, and that was kind of the point of, them, of, of Jimmy specifically not addressing what happened with his brother. Uh, he has tuned it out. He has tried to divert himself and do everything but mm-hmm. look into himself and see what he is is becoming and what he's done. Um, he has gone and, and, and gone back into being Slippin' Jimmy. He's been doing all of these scams. Yep. He's been bringing Kim Wexler down with him. And uh, I think that this has honestly been the strongest season for Kim. Uh, because Kim has been up until this point almost just spit take at that <laughs> Kim had, up until this point I think has been a a character on the show I mean she's been she's been there but this season has been really about because what has been her purpose the whole time the whole purpose of Kim Wexler on this show is to be a juxtaposition to Jimmy right it's been to show what somebody who does everything right and works hard and is on the straight and narrow mm-hmm. what that person achieves in comparison to what Jimmy becomes and so that that leads me into kind of the first scene that I want to talk about that was okay. what I thought was so good and and it also addresses Howard Hamlin's kind of departure from the series is uh, Hamlin is in a wreck because Hamlin feels responsible for Chuck's death. Correct. Um, Hamlin's incorrect in, in being the cause right. of it. But you see what a normal, rational human being who has feelings, who uh, has guilt, how that affects that person. And mm-hmm. he's been the perfect mirror to uh, to Jimmy. So mm-hmm. what happens is Howard has been projecting his feelings. He's been you know making Jimmy... Um, well, in, at least in Kim's eyes, he's been really putting the ringer and trying to guilt trip Jimmy. And so Kim comes to, to Howard at one point and just loses her shit at him. And that scene, I think, made made Kim's story all the best. And I, like, really was her best scene in the entire series was when she loses it at Howard. And at that point, um, it, Howard does kind of leave the show. And I think for a good reason, because what else does Howard, what other purpose does Howard serve at this point? That storyline is closed. Every story has a beginning, a middle, and an end. Sure. And the story for Chuck is over. The story Mm -hmm. of Hamlet, Hamlet, and McGill is over. Jimmy has moved on, and now he has to become Saul. Uh, And so having that scene, I think, was was absolutely pivotal. Uh, It was so important. And now we've seen Jimmy's real decline. Everyone's been wondering this whole time, when does Jimmy become Saul? And this is the season when Jimmy becomes Saul. It had to happen at some point. And this is it. This is watching Jimmy reject all of the opportunities he's had, 
all of the good things that he's created what, for himself. No, no, no. But that's none of that's happened this season. This season I think he it has. has. No, this this has. season he has been on the I can't do what I want, so I'm making it. I'm making it the way I can. And that's been it. There's been no commercials. There's been no like. There's been none of the hustle that was before. None of the interesting twists. Hey, well, He's selling cell phones out of a van. I would disagree that there hasn't been the hustle. Uh, I think that there was a really important moment for Jimmy when he gets robbed by those. The punks, ho- yeah, that was a good and moment. He's like, no, I gotta. I you know, I used to be feared. I used to be someone that no one yeah. would think would mess with me, and he had to become that again. And he found Huel finally to be to be uh, yeah. part part of that. Uh, I think that, you know, one thing that, that Breaking Bad did that I, I didn't love that they kept really hitting you over the head with is that Walter White felt his excuse was, oh, I've got cancer. I have to do this. I have right. to do this for my family. And it's such high stakes all the time. As you say, it was it was a much more high stakes show, right. Breaking Bad. And it was these kind of big, big paint strips, I think, of mm-hmm. character arcs and of choices right. and how he becomes this really real villain. Yeah, Jimmy's story is much more personal. It's much more sure. um, Which internal, love. and it's yeah. much more subtle. Yeah. And so I think that it, you know when you watch a character who has such an unrelatable story arc as Walter White, like I mean I've I've never been someone who's like oh I'm in a pickle I better turn to becoming a meth baron right. and like orchestrating hits on people. Right, right. But I can understand. Oh, I've done something bad mm-hmm. and I can either choose to accept it and move through the pain and the guilt of it, or I can choose to double down on kind of turning everybody away and, and just kind of being selfish. And yeah. that and that I think is a much more personal story. It's a much more relatable story. And then ultimately I think it's a more heartbreaking story. No, and that's all true, but this season in particular has just not carried that. It I is not something. What's your second scene that My you would say is My second scene just happened. Um, it was the rooftop scene where Jimmy is, is again, kind of pushing his problems and blaming Kim mm-hmm. for what he has done this whole season, which has been he's been dicking around. And that's kind of the point yeah. is it's been so low stakes for something and he has sort of just moved out and, and ignored the fact that he wanted to be a real lawyer, that he wanted to right. do all of this stuff. And he did have this kind of disingenuous meeting where he was being slipping Jimmy, he was being the salesman trying to right. get his license back. Fair, yeah. And Kim, you know, Kim doesn't even want to call him on his bullshit, but this is the moment where he finally has to admit it. And this was his moment of really admitting it but at the same time turning away from it because he says, you know, oh, you know, why don't you say what's on your face? Why don't you tell me everything? And she finally has it out. And instead of him being, you're right, I understand or anything like that, he goes, oh, you're going to kick a guy when he's down. Yeah. And, that's, and that's him deflecting again. That is, that is, I think, one of the final nails in the, in the coffin of Jimmy McGill um, and one of the doors opening for Saul Goodman of him, again, deflecting and just saying, all right. Fine, I'm just I'm I'm the guy who everything bad happens to me. Woe is me, and now I'm just gonna I'm gonna keep being a shitty guy. Uh, and I think that that's more heartbreaking. The decision to turn away from your friends, from your family, from the people who love you, uh, and and really throw away your life, throwing away the life that you could have had, and right. being this kind of a, but, a thug guy. Yeah, but we've seen that in season one when he quits his cush job with his whatever oak desk and all that like we've seen him make these mistakes and so when, when we see him make these mistakes again in season four 
Yeah, season four. It, it's less impactful. And now he's blaming Kim more, but it's less impactful because we've seen these repeated patterns and it's uninteresting. And, and yeah, we get all the way to episode, the penultimate episode, as we both said. We get all the way there before he finally, she finally goes, you didn't talk about Chuck? That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, that, that's lame. And then let me tell you, what's the best scene in Breaking Bad? Ooh. The best scene in best Breaking Bad. Best scene in Breaking Bad. In my eyes, it is when he comes in to Skyler and he and she's telling about how she's afraid and worried that someone's going to oh, come and knock on the knocks. door. Yeah, yeah. And, and he, he and he right. finally takes off the mask. That's the first yeah. time that I feel like Walter really takes off right. the mask and says, "No, I'm a bad guy. I'm okay. the villain." All right. What's your fake? What's your best scene? What were you thinking? It's a scene that was so fucking good that an actor got a tattoo of it. Oh. No half measures. Oh. It's when Mike Armentrout knocks on Walter's door and he sits him down and he talks about the guy that beat his wife repeatedly and he'd show up every week. And he says, one guy, uh, one time I took that guy out into a field, put a gun in his mouth. And I said, if I have to come out here again, I'm killing you. And then that guy got out of jail and killed his wife. And that scene, when Mike was, that was from when Mike was still a cop, which is yep. before this timeline. Right. And it's no half measures, Walter. You put someone down. Mm-hmm. Now we have a problem when you're undoing my favorite scene in Breaking Bad by Mike not killing this fucking contractor building the underground who spills his beans, who wants to go see his wife, who mm-hmm. does everything wrong. And Mike takes a half measure. Yeah. That's undoing. This is a problem when you get into comics, when you get into this, when you undo canon. Yeah. That scene undoes canon. I will. Mike should have offed that guy. I will agree with you there. Uh, that guy is fired or offed. I think that, that this has been the least interesting season for Mike. I will agree with you there. I think that. Yeah, it was um, just like that acute idea of. Oh man, what if we showed them building the thing? It's it's just the wrong direction. To be it's honest, like, what if we made a movie about yeah. two lines of dialogue? There's a porthole. Why is it? To be honest, I think that it was a mistake to bring Gus. Rogue Frank, One sucked. To be uh, bring Gus Fring into the show right. at yeah. all. I think that that has been the weakest storyline of yeah. the series. And as much as I like Nacho, um, uh, mm-hmm. I think he's. I think that. Um, Michael Mando is a fantastic actor. Oh, he's killing it, yeah. He's doing such a great yep, job. Yep. Love watching him kind of grow into that role. He is magnetic to watch. I love yep, his yep, story, but everyone around him, I think, is letting him down. Yeah. Um, story-wise. Yeah, um, absolutely. I, I think that he really... He, he should have gone a different direction, and, and I, I will say that, I, yes, I, I don't think that that is, has been the most solid, but that is... is Part of a show that I, I think just yeah. as... But it's a things, huge chunk. It is a huge chunk. I mean, it's, it's a, huge, a huge, huge chunk, chunk like, of the show. Like, so much of every hour right now is so dismissible. I'll give you it's, that. Okay, I'll there you go. That. But you know what? There's uh, a lot in Breaking Bad that I don't care for either. So... Uh, there's, not a, there's not 10 minutes... Walter White chalking a table while they're waiting on a diagnosis for Hank is the most riveting minute I've ever seen. And chalking is when you fold a little piece of paper to make a table not wobbly. Mm-hmm. And that's while Hank is dying in the other room from gunshots, Walter, with his obsessiveness, sure. can't 
let this table be, sure. be uneven. So while the family sits and grieves, he folds a little piece of paper and sticks it under a table leg. And that shows, if we want to talk small scope, that shows character. That's a character study right there. And it's beautiful. And it shows how disassociated he is with consequence with anything other than survival make that money do this do that in order yeah and that's what he always is he's order he's this is that and it's such a character beautiful moment and we're getting none of those moments out of this season i would disagree i think that vince gilligan is really the master of doing these long slow shots where you right. can have yeah which no are dialogue for 10 yeah. minutes yeah yeah i love it and just and just love watch it. anything and it's you know a lot of shows you get the urge to pick up your phone it's right. like, ah, uh, right. yeah. yeah, I can listen to what's going on. Yep. This show can go 10 minutes and I'm, I'm no right. dialogue, nothing yeah. happening. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm still glued to the TV. I, I have no inclinations to be yeah. No, and look, yeah, Saul's still better than almost everything out there. But yeah. what I'm trying to put to bed is that it's better than Breaking Bad. And it's just, it's just not like... I everyone's least favorite episode of Breaking Bad, The Fly. Yeah, I find amazing. I really like that episode I too. I love The Fly, I, and, and I just there's there's just been no moments this season, and it's because they removed the tension with Chuck, and it's because they pulled Howard, and now Saul has one punching bag, and it's Kim, and she's the problem with Kim is they write her as sometimes his moral compass and as sometimes his accomplice who gets off on doing terrible things. Right. And so I understand that she's an embattled character with her mind, but also she can't shine like she should because sometimes she wants him to do dirt. Sometimes she planned, she planned dirt for him right. to get Huel out. I mean, right. that was her orchestration. Mm -hmm. And so she has, her through line is all fucked up this season now too. Yeah. She's not settled on one side or the other. Yeah. And so we're, she we're has left. To be. She has to be because otherwise no rational, reasonable human being would stay with Jimmy. Would stay with Jimmy. Indeed. Indeed. I agree with that. But but we're just left in this middle ground, and unfortunately, the middle is neither good nor bad. And again, break bad, baby. <laughs> break bad. Uh, I I don't know. Final, final thoughts is uh, while while as an entire piece, mm -hmm. I might not say that it's it's better. I would I would say I personally think that I prefer Saul's storyline to Walter White's overall arc. I think that it's uh, it, it has had more. It's made me think more. It's mm -hmm. had me more. Um, more sad for him. I mean, I, I feel for right. him. Yeah. Whereas past, you know, season two, season three, Breaking Bad, whatever, you're just like, oh, well, Walt's going to be evil this week yep. and he's going to do something horrible and I'm going to keep watching the show, but I'm not right. going to actively be rooting for this guy. I don't, I don't like this guy. Yeah. Certainly in a rewatch of Breaking Bad, you, you, you do not have the sympathy that you had on the first run. Whereas, whereas with Jimmy, even now it's like, I, it's it's like when you know no no big spoilers but it's like when we've been both playing through Spider-Man yeah you know what's going to happen and mm -hmm. it's not a mash, matter of oh what's going to happen it's a matter of oh god how does it get there how is yeah. it going to happen and how much is this going to crush Peter right and yeah. and that I think is yeah. a much more interesting perspective and yeah. it's a much more interesting arc for me and it gets me more invested in the character yeah, and, and all that's fair, but I think, I'm think i just saying they're, they're coasting this season. This was not good. Well, so. we'll agree to disagree on that yeah. one. Yeah, <laughs> okay, all right. Well, there you go. But we do dis we do agree that Mike's storyline um, has been the weakest. And so and far. it violated my favorite scene. I'll agree with you there. Which I also watched in the Spanish Breaking Bad, which there is a real show oh, where boy. they just redid shot for shot. 
Breaking Bad, but with Mexican characters in, in Spanish. Sure. And I watched No Half Medios. Uh-uh. I watched just that scene. In Sp- that's how much I love that scene. And uh, Aaron Paul has that tattooed on him. Yeah. Like that was that's a powerful scene. Yeah. And to not take care of that contractor, and to do a half measure, you don't undo. Don't undo. That's fair. That's fair. All right. Well, I think that's about all we got on on those shows on Vince Gilligan for today. Yeah. There you go. All right. Well, X Files uh, is good. Hey, I love that episode with Brian Cranston. Yeah. Yeah. In the car. That was good. Anyways, uh, so uh, yeah, don't chop up mattress firm. Uh, No half measures. There we go. All right. Uh, That's it. That's it.